are entering the Giant Rock Podcast. Kick back and enter a world that few know about and even fewer understand. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. Hey, we're here another day, time, minute, second with the Giant Rod Podcast. We're here with Ellie and Andrea. And uh, did I get those names right? I just want to make sure before. You got Elliot's right. <laughs> how do I say? How do I say your name? Adriana. Adriana. Sorry. No worries. Okay, I want to make sure. I'm dyslexic at that. So, anyways, let's get, let's get going here. Um, we, we can you guys get into your background? You know, backstory where um, how you got started, and let's go we'll go with the music part. How you guys got started in music? Okay. Um, Why don't you go first? Yeah. Okay. My name's Adriana, and gosh, I mean, I've been I've been singing for for a very long time since since I was a child in in church and whatnot. I started to take it a little bit more seriously. At about the age of 1920, I was living in Bakersfield, California, at the time, and something just kind of—I um, don't know—I just woke up one day and decided to move. <laughs> I announced it to my family, and two weeks after the announcement, I moved to Los Angeles, and I've been creating and and writing and making music, performing ever since. I've worked with, when I first arrived, I, I started working with a lot of underground hip-hop MCs and electronic musicians, um, DJs and producers. That's cool. And yeah, so just been doing it ever since. I currently am working with uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Brendan Russell, and we are in a band called Tigerside. And it's electronic music, beautiful music, super melodic and tribal and a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. And I'm also hoping to, to work on some other projects here in the new future with, uh, with a couple of other producers that um, may want to help me with a She Exists project. What age did you start doing, you know, influence into your music uh as far as like the like my vibe or yeah your vibe i would say you know in my 20s i don't really know i don't think i knew exactly what i was doing i i knew what i liked i knew what i didn't like it was very experimental i would say Maybe into my late 20s did I really start to feel comfortable with what I was creating. I was performing a lot more. And so getting that experience, getting that experience and interacting with other artists and just even the, the audience, you know, that has an effect. And, and so I think I really grew, grew at that time. 
the, the, the interconnection between the audience and the energy between the audience and the artist is very amazing. Oh, yes, definitely. And it's magic. Compa <clears throat> like, film looks for magic moments and everything. Like, when people are making film, like, we're looking for that magic moment. When you're in music, live music, there's magic moments throughout the whole time. There's, oh, there's yeah. nothing like and your favorite you, music. Really oh, most definitely. And if, you know, I, I really enjoy when I'm the most present. You know, I, I will be honest, there's times when I haven't been as present, whether I was, you know, having some drinks and that was always a bad mistake. Uh, but, you know, just being very present in the moment and feeling the music and being able to just vibe and you know there's been multiple times where I really didn't have that many words but you know I just went with it and winged it and there is magic that comes with that when you're able to just make that happen for sure so the you have influence of electronic music and hip-hop that's mixed and um, is that that's still in your influences now the the root if that's your roots that, that uh, you know, actually, I grew up listening to a lot of like Motown, oh, and cool. um, yeah, my mom, my mom listened to a lot of Motown. My uncle, sixties, you know, uh, female groups. I still listen to that. A friend the other day was just like, you know, you don't perform really what you listen to. <laughs> um, no, you know, I grew up also listening to like Bjork and Portishead. Uh, I love Sade. I, I love all types of music. And uh, especially female vocalists. I love female vocalists. <laughs> Very collective taste there. That's cool. What about you, Elliot? Can we get into your backstory? Yeah, sure. We'll take um, turns here. <laughs> what's that? We'll take turns to get into the yeah. backstories. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, basically, so, I don't know, my... my my entire dad's side of the family are all are all very musical and artistic. Um, my my dad has two brothers, um, and they all kind of, you know, each went in a, in their own direction. You know, in their early twenties, uh, one the the oldest went to New York and was in a bunch of new wave bands. Um, a few, you know, a few of them kind of got a few tracks out there that, you know, some people might recognize. Um, and then my dad was heavy into the blues. Um, and then the youngest, uh, he, yeah, he does blues as well, but he, he does a lot more, I don't even know how to describe it. Maybe folksy stuff, but yeah. So growing up in in that environment with my dad, um, I was going to blues shows at a very young age and like backstage at music festivals, way way young. <laughs> um, Things you can remember, probably right. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And and also there was a great amount of of just kind of running wild and, and not being supervised too. But my, um, the music business has an effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, but then, yeah. And then, you know, I had, um, interestingly enough, 
I, I had been given every single possible opportunity to learn guitar and bass, and I'd taken a bunch of music classes and theory and all this stuff, and it never really stuck. And then what, what did eventually stick once I got into my 20s, um, oh, and also, like, while during this, you know, when I was younger, I was I was always hanging out with the bands and doing, helping them with, like, marketing and booking and stuff like that. That always came pretty naturally to me. So sort of the business end and um, and the design elements as well. But and then, yeah, and then I and then DJing and and electronic music production actually is what ended up kind of sticking. And then I went, you know, a good uh, 10 plus years doing as much of that as possible and performing as often as possible. So you, you preferred doing the promotional and booking over the plane then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right around two, 2015, uh, I was running three weekly events a week. So, and then doing, you know, taking on every single weekend potential for Friday and Saturday I could. So, you know, I was self-producing, um, I don't a lot, like 10, 15, about 15 shows a month, give or take, and promoting, producing, booking, and then playing, performing in like maybe a third or half of them, but you know, it was, I had to make sure and do the production right first, you know, so and then it just kind of moved into pro, like strictly production. So what, what kind of music yeah. was it that you got, you were promoting at that time? Everything. Everything. Um, everything. Yeah. I, I had my hands in everything. I had hip hop nights. I had, you know, electronic DJ nights. I had rock nights. Even subgenres, you know, of bands, psych, a lot of psych rock. Um, well, a, a lot of psych rock. <laughs> we'll cool. put it that way. Right on. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I just did Yanni, man. They're kind of considered that and everything. They're, um, but anyways, like, so, like, was it just one nightclub that you know, or is it several that you did, or? Oh, I've I've booked just just about every notable venue in LA. Wow, cool. Yeah, um, including House of Blues before they took it down, Roxy, um, Viper Room, you know, you name it. Troubadour. Wow. This um, is for ten years you've been doing this, like yeah. Wow, are you still doing it now with them, or? I mean, COVID. Right, you know. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of dampers on shit, man. Yeah, I mean, since since then I've started a you know a, a business where I use my uh, design skills. I actually went to college for graphic design and and interactive multimedia. So now I'm sort of a, a creative director for a company and manage a lot of like brand and, and product development and stuff like that so that's that's you know that's what i'm doing now in full time in covid time but yeah i mean i never really stopped the music i think it's just the music kind of live music is kind of at a at a standstill right now it's just gotta be rearranged i think a little bit until this whole thing's over it looks like another year 
before COVID's yeah. over, I think, you know, when everybody, if, and then the people that won't get the vaccines because it's fake, they think, you know what I mean? This everybody get through the, I mean, I was reading on Twitter with Sean Lennon and he was like, how's New Zealand sound? <laughs> you know, like reconsidering moving out of the United States, you know, jeez. Because they don't have COVID, the, you know, like what they do, like they do in the States. You know what I mean? Well, they, they, they dealt with it in a responsible, people-friendly way and, and, you know, put people first, I guess. And it seems like all the countries that managed to subsidize or, or ease that burden on the citizens seem to have dealt with it pretty swiftly, you know? Well, the orange monster is everything's fake, you know, so, <laughs> God, the blithering man, jeez, but we'll, we'll get on that one later, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we're all from LA, you know, California is burning, we gotta rake the leaves. <laughs> right. <laughs> God. Even though, even though it's all, you it's know. Forest management is federal. <laughs> right god anyways like kind of you know like we uh covid's put a damper on everything with music and everything like that unfortunately live venues especially nightclubs mm -hmm. my sister and my sister's uh son and my uh my brothers they own restaurants in phoenix they had to close down so yeah. everybody's feeling the pinch and then i had you know speaking on covid before we get back into the backstory um like two of my family members had COVID and got through it. One friend had it, had it really bad, had a ventilator cut in the throat West and he, uh, survived it, but he's back being an idiot again. Uh, it's, it's not real. You know, it's, I just, I'm, I just look, I made it through. God, give me a break, dude. But anyways, back to the backstory. So after, after, you know, like doing the graphics, doing your college work, you know, that kind of helped, you know, getting you where you're okay until this thing passes, you know, that's cool. I mean, yeah, not very many people have second options. Like they're just like stuck with that one career and then they like, then something bad happens. They don't have a, a backup plan, you know, so that's good for you, man. Well, I mean, the thing the thing about it in order to maintain that uh you know i i never stopped doing either so while i was doing all the booking and all the production i was still regularly taking on design work too so that just meant that i pretty much every week is like a 80 hour week and has been since I, as long as i can remember so now they're only 60. <laughs> so how did you two meet through music. Through music. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. A want... friend of, a mutual friend, actually. Um, yeah, you can Elaborate it, yeah. Um, basically, so I had a, um, I had a weekly event. It was called Schmockelin, which is a, supposed to sound weird. It's not really a phonetically normal word. It's just a weird... <laughs> psych out word so it was like a psych psych variety show there was electronic psych rock some hip-hop stuff um and it was a weekly event and the the vj 
the the visual guy. Um, his name was Gray Hash, and he's actually like really amazing. He's done a bunch of amazing work. Um, this particular one, I had more than one, but he was great. Um, he introduced me to DJ Chuck One. Um, he's on the radio in Bakersfield on what Hot ninety four. Yeah, one of I think it's Hot 94. And he came and DJed a few times at the show. And then he was like, oh, yeah, you know who would be perfect for this event? Is this band Tiger Side. You got to meet him. And uh, it turned out that was Adriana's band. And then I didn't actually, they we didn't end up putting them on that event, but we put them on another event. A 4th of July. A 4th of July party. And then we met. And then we were just friends for like two years, two, three years. years. And then uh, after, you know, like things and and we were and I was I was booking her band regularly and we were just cool. And then um, things things changed in our lives and we decided we should we should see what's up. Hang out more. Hang out more. (laughs) This, This is in Bakersfield that you guys met. Well, <laughs> I lived in LA. The oh, whole time. okay, but you were up there doing a show. No, she she was. They were traveling to LA. Oh, okay, the other way around. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, at the time I had moved back to Bakersfield after living in LA for like eleven years, and so returned to Bakersfield for a few years. And during that time, um, that is when I met Elliot, and he was living in Los Angeles. Ah. Uh. But we're both back in LA, or I'm in, back in LA. Yeah, yeah, well, we live together. Yeah, so. <laughs> we're both here. <laughs> now we live. Now we're in LA. <laughs> I worked in the oil fields in the '80s and uh, Taft. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. It's kind of like kind of back then. It kind of remind me like happy days. <laughs> like I'm set back in time here. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got stuck, and then I got stuck at the grapevine. With, uh, uh, yeah, for- I've been stuck there before too. Whether it's a fire or snow or you know, right there, El Tajon, it's a tricky area. I had a yeah. broken fuel pump on my car. I had to wait. Oh, okay. I had to wait for a day to get a part. <laughs> oh, God, it was fun. <laughs> Where did you stay? Did you just? I hang just out? stayed there with my car, and they, you know, they said it's going to be here any minute. And then, and then oh, like, God. of course. You were there for a whole day? Yeah, I had to wait till the next day, and then they had to put it in, and I had to wait to that, you know. And it was, oh, it was, no. Just hung Did out with my car. Did you have water? Well, there was a Denny's there, you know. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was between my car and my Denny, the Denny's, you know, and just like, dang, I think I know exactly yeah, I know where there, that is. I know where you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly. Yeah, I know exactly. This is where, where the is. split is, is before the five and the ninety-nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That Danny's has been there for a while. And my car right. got my car got like stuck in Lost Hills with the water, the fuel pump. Yeah, fuel pump. Mm-hmm. And I had to get it towed there to the Shell station that was there. And anyways, unfortunately, wow. I had to wait and wait and wait and wait. Uh that's my yeah, that's can, my memory of Bakersfield, and besides my wife, go, you know, knows Buddy Owens, you know, the Crystal Palace, and all that. 
Buck Owens. Yeah, her, Buck her Owens. lives in Bakersfield, so we're back and forth a lot. Yeah, and we we've, visit often. We've gotten stuck on the grapevine, not for a full day, but definitely for well, hours. Yeah, long time. Yeah, like the six, times six, are different. Hours. I didn't. We didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the eighties, yeah. dude. It's like we had to wait and wait and wait. You know, like. Uh, and then like being stuck in the lost hills are on a five, you know, and then getting a ride back to the nearest decent gas station. I'll fix my car that they said they had the part, but they didn't, <laughs> you know, so times. and you're on pay phones trying to call, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and then another time, yeah, like I was going to uh, San Francisco and I had my van and I got broken down coming back in lost hills, like 15 years later, it, that was a trip. Like what? In the same area, right. <laughs> like the energy there must be something. But anyways, um, it go. might be something there. There's a lot of flat land there, and crops, and um, I feel I feel like there's something there. Have you seen anything? Um, Sightings. Yeah, out, out, out there in the fields. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Sounds like Bob O'Reilly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm from Bakersfield, and I would say that at a very young age, I had experiences of, you know, unique experiences, and but I have never seen anything out in those fields. No. Like, what's, you know, what do you think is up with L.A. and that, you guys? What do you think? You know, like, when Los Angeles, I mean, you know, like, you know what I, you've seen some of the stuff I get in, and it's, like, weekly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's, like, I, I use the tones. I've been kind of switching out the tones a little bit, but they they just come and come. <laughs> they just don't, I mean, and then it's, like, sometimes it's, like, very few, then it's sometimes it's massive. I don't, you know, and it's, like. I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm, you know, like meditation is one thing, but then like I'm in bed and then they're coming when I'm asleep. So, yeah. yeah. Are you meditating? Are you finding? Oh, that? yeah. I mean, I'm getting some visuals, like colorful visuals, like psychedelic visuals. I don't know if you guys get that, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> uh, it's like things. LSD mm. times 10 sometimes. You know, well, like, I have, a, I have a, a unique experience. You know, one time, it was actually, it was the first time I had ever uh, tried DMT. Yeah, and, that's a short high. Yeah, that's pretty well, good. Well, and what, what it was is that was, that was cool, you know. But after, way after, like the night later, like hours and hours later, totally out of my system, totally irrelevant to the actual DMT I was sleeping and I woke up and these 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 things these little bodies were like moving around and like touching my feet and it, it scared the hell out I thought they were chewing on my feet and I was I was awake like were you though I no, I was awake I sat up and I was like definitely like in awakeness mm -hmm. and then they you know they weren't there but like i had a full experience of like these little things were mm -hmm. you know like i don't know you know whatever other things were like chewing on my feet weird do you yeah do you get like 
like when I see what was it May of this year, I saw it like outside the infrared, like how we get you know the, the sightings with the the tones. Anyways, I was using the green laser. I thought it was a star. I'm in the pathway of the LAX. And I thought, like, the planes are flying lower where I'm at. Anyways, um, like, hit the laser, hitting on this. I know it's a star, but I saw something move around it. And then, like, came out. Like, and then, like, all right. And then, then, like, I was starting to see visuals, like, rainbows around it. It was tripped out. Mm-hmm. Everything. But I filmed it. I got a little bit. See, that's the beauty of having a cell phone. I'm able to film. I filmed a little bit. I was going through the footage last night, and then, like, I didn't see any of the rainbows off the footage, you know, but what I saw, you know, so that, that had to come with my own self, you know what I mean? The, the well, whole. and that's like your retina's ability to perceive the different light frequencies, whereas a camera is recording in whatever standard frequency, you know? Yeah, the the camera eye cannot, you know, especially on a cell phone, can't see what the human eye can see. This is a phone. Right, right. You know, but he then... Said- Go ahead. Jeff, you said that you would be close to being asleep or, you know, you were going to bed and they would come, they would appear to you, correct? Correct. Is that what you, uh-huh. within yes. the room, in the oh, room? Oh, not in the room, out on the porch. They have but, come in inside the living room, you know, like in a stream, like in a, looks like when you, uh, it looks like on infrared, it looks like a spider web, but it's not. Because they how they they radically move across the sky, then they then they like they come from the ground up. Like I got four of them night before last coming from the neighbor's yard from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So wow. that kind of like tripped me out. And then I have another one. They're like five in a stream, and then this like orb that was like a little bit smaller, and it was translucent, and it was had things moving in it. I'm trying to get a better. I'm trying to use Photoshop to clean it up a little bit, but um, it shot out of the out of the out of the the stream, and then and then it kind of like it shot out like like it was giving birth. It looked like, and then like kind of like how spat. How often are you meditating? Every day. I I I have. I'm a veteran with PTSD. I do it for that. Everything. Sure. And because like the medication they give you, and I was doing it for that, and the VA taught me how to meditate. Believe it or not, wow. they had they have classes for it. And the, the woman that taught it was really cool. She was like Tai Chi, everything, and then completely understanding. And then the veterans with extreme PTSD, where they have nightmares that they're vivid, and able to switch that around. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a big deal. So like. It's kind of like the flip side. There's one, you know what I mean, where the the whole negative energy of war, think about it. You know, seeing body parts blown apart <clears throat> and people dying, women and children. I can't you know. even. I cry just thinking about that. You know what I mean? We don't want that here. No. You know what I, I mean? Know. And that's Anywhere. what's being invoked on it right now in our country, last night. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, that's kind of why we we've had an interesting day and kind of had to, you know, I don't know, put up barriers because people seem to want to not they they want to trivialize it or or try and disassociate it, but it doesn't matter. Like that's what happened. 
here's the thing. I, I have family in Portland. I lived in Portland, Oregon for 11 years. <clears throat> I have friends there. I did the music scene there in the 90s. You know, Portlandia. Yeah, my daughter loves Portland. You know, 90s, Portland in the 90s was nothing else, man. That is the song. (laughs) Talking about bands, I mean, we crushed LA in the scene. Fuck, we crushed LA. Hey, I'm sorry, (laughs) Elliot, I have to say that, but. Oh, that's fine. Glam bands, dude. Glam bands. Fucking hair bands. Fucking suck. And. You know, call it grunge. It was this rock. Those guys are just playing rock, man, up in Seattle. No one would go to Seattle and play on tours in the 80s and 90s. It's too fucking far from San Francisco. Like, should we go to the Northwest? Fuck that. (laughs) Think about (laughs) it. You know, like you have to drive through Mount Shasta, that whole range alone driving. If you're on a tour bus, that sucks. Right. And then Eugene, you you know, you hit Medford, Eugene. Portland, Seattle, or, you know, and then there's the Tri-Cities in, in Seattle. It's, once you hit that area, you got, like, seven, eight gigs that are solid. So that's, you know, the 80s started to happen like that, you know what I mean? Because, like, the things were, like, the industry, like, ruled everything. It was, like, their music or nothing, you know, and hip-hop was starting to come out. Think about it, right. you know what I mean? You know, like, look yep. at NWA didn't get signed to anything. I was I was working with City Hall Records at the time. That <laughs> was help promoting, you know, profile records and all that and ruthless. Anyways, there oh, I I thought hip hop was so fucking rad, now. man. I loved it. It was punk rock, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. I thought. This is great. This is punk rock. Every I hate it. That's even more reason why I love it. <laughs> you guys <laughs> hate it. I love it. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's where I was at. But, you know, like, this, the whole scene blew up there, you know. It's just amazing. And everything, every you know, how people just got together and did things. And I like, in L.A. is the same way. I see the same thing happening. Like, L.A., living in Phoenix, you know, I saw that the siphon, Phoenix kind of, like, trying to be like L.A. But it was, you know, everybody kind of was playing off each other. Like, you, you know, I'm in several bands. You know what I mean? You're like, you're not in just one band. You're in several bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to, you know, make your own scene, especially in Bakersfield. I have a lot of respect for you. Thank you. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's a badge of honor, it's, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a unique place. But I will say, you know, the the music scene there is, is really tight. That's cool. Everyone, everyone's super supportive. Um, yeah, you know, most of the artists I've I've met out there and have worked with, they're super chill and super awesome people. So we're going to take a break real quick. Saganda says, keep your ear to the speaker. We're working through a time zone. Thank you. 
fun. Yes, this is fun. We're back, Giant Rock Podcast, and we're having fun talking in between the break. Let's go. In, let's go into the um, the CE five UFO sightings, and how do you guys get into that? What, what's got you both started into doing that? Uh, well, I mean, I've always been really into our star family. I, I you know, since since a child, I've, I've always had a connection with the cosmos. Uh, uh, you know, but I would say as soon as uh, around the time I started really just getting into my music and experimenting with that early 20s, I started reading a lot of different books, conspiracy type stuff, uh, you know, was researching a lot about past civilizations. You know, it, it kind of comes with the territory, all of that, and aliens definitely just like popped up. I I just have always been attracted to that. And I wanted to check out that movie, the Stephen Greer movie. This the um the fifth what what is it Close called? Close counters of the fifth kind. Thank you. Sorry, spaced out. Yeah. Which is C five. Which is C five. And I I found out that he had an app. I checked out the app. Pretty cool app, but that's not really how I got, you know, how we met. Uh, I just started to research online. I went onto Facebook and I just Googled CE5 and I, I came across a group, very small at that time. I was like, oh, wow, there's there's a couple of groups here in, in Los Angeles. So I just added myself and right away, Eli, who, who you know, he, he reached out, introduced himself, you know, welcomed me and uh, informed me that, that he was going to be having a gathering soon if we wanted to join in. I, of course, tell Elliot all the shenanigans and things that I get into. <laughs> and he kind of just jumped on board. But he, Elliot loves the Star family and and all yeah. the good stuff too. So Yeah, I mean, for, for me personally, um, you know, with... Uh, with Adriana, there's a great deal of a, a spiritual element to it, to maybe. If, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you. Well, for I mean, yeah. Yeah, and course. there is there is for me too. But I think, like with me, um, I could I could think of maybe four times, maybe five, maybe more. I'm not sure. But like growing up, not growing up, but more like when I was younger, that. I've seen things, you know, that I couldn't explain, lights in the sky, stuff like that, where it was like, whoever I was with, we'd turn to each other and be like, "Yo, is that is that what that is?" Oh, same. I've had like, a few. I've had a few experiences yeah, like that myself. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, just with and, some friends, and you see something in the sky, or yeah, yeah and like that's not that's not a plane, that's not a helicopter. Like, what the hell is we that? We know what it like, is. And like the the most. The most, um, so like you know, in Chicago and stuff, in in the that's where I grew up is Chicago. Oh, and, Chicago. And, okay. Yeah, and in the city, you know, there's this light pollution so severe you can't see anything. But if you go like an hour south of Chicago, you're just in cornfields and it's just crystal clear and middle of nowhere and wide open flatland, 
nothing no nothing getting in the way of anything it's just land and sky and uh you know we used to just get bored and drive down there drive two hours down south and you know drive around when we were teenagers and stuff and yeah we'd see lights in the sky all the time like, i've had lots of dreams as well <clears throat> they've come to me in my dreams i've had uh, the dreams seem real well they are what do, you, what do you see? Well, the first time that they came through in a dream was when I was pregnant. And how they arrived on a ship, it wasn't like the ships that we see in the films, you know, the that run, they're flat, I guess, and round. Like yeah, horizontal. It was... It was facing up, like it was facing me. And in dreams, you don't really speak. It's just like an understanding of consciousness. And they were informing me that they were here to basically check my baby to see if she's okay. When I woke up, I received the message of like, well, they belong with her. They're her people. That that's just what came. You know, I I don't. It's never really clear. It's just what I receive, and it it's not of words. But they were there for her. They needed to check her. So how does that make you feel? It was intense. It was pretty intense. When I was younger, I never really had dreams about our star family. However, I often would get up in the middle of the night and I'd go look outside and look at the stars and I would see lots of movement and I would receive a lot of messages, just things that I could that I would hear, that I would know. If that makes sense, it sounds yeah, that it makes sounds sense. Yeah, it sounds a little vague. It's hard to explain. Yeah, because you know, because dreams are scattered in thoughts. You know, because you're you're asleep. You know what I mean? And, right. And and I guess that's what I was trying to. It's hard to put into describe words. when I said the, the spiritual element. You know, again, not not trying to speak for you, no, but like right. I thought that I thought maybe that described what you were saying. Sure, I feel super connected. I, I'm very connected with with my surroundings, and I find that I am very sensitive to, to everything. And it's just, it's very hard to put into words because I don't feel that it is of that. And I guess what I can say is that I receive downloads of information. Mm, yeah. And I, and I understand what it is. And I think it's different entities, or that may even be not the appropriate word, but consciousness. Yeah, I what I've noticed is consciousness. There's a lot of women are getting the same experience as you are that I've been talking to on the podcast. Oh, and okay. um, yeah, it's interesting. It's similar stories that I've been getting, hearing over and over again. And then I think women are chosen over men in this case. You know what I mean? 
Um, I mean, I think to some degree, my own experience, it has been pretty much entirely visual up in the sky. That's something really weird. Those are some unusual lights, but not nearly as much directly interact interacting you know what i mean she's she's communicating with them that's what i'm saying yeah you know what i mean mm -hmm. she your telepathy yeah. telekinesis or con through the consciousness which is telepathic you know I don't so care. i do and it's funny because i feel i've always had that and i never like to say those words because it feels funny to me i don't want to come across as <laughs> I'm super careful with my cookie. Or no, I. I think that there's a, a dis, there's a certain disinformation layer, to like in in programming to like have an aversion to being. Oh, was I an MK being, kid? No. being forthright, <laughs> being forthright with that sort of information, maybe. You you think she was abducted? You, you, were you abducted, abducted, you think, maybe? I don't, I don't think I was abducted. Okay. I think that I received, I always tell Elliot this, it feels like, sounds, it's going to sound weird, but like almost like I'm a, like a storage area. They, they, they drop an energy in my vessel because I can hold it there. Yeah. And, and when they give me this, it's like, whoosh, like all of this, uh, I hate the word information because that's yeah. not what it is. It's this thing, and I understand it. <laughs> it's like there's this one story with um, Kevin Smith the second on the our second podcast on Giant Rock Podcast. And he was him and his group of friends went were going to Giant Rock and Tegatron, you know, several times, you know, a year. And then they camped over there. And then um, one of them, the girl that was with them in the group, went behind the rock where they were camping, and she vanished. And she said she was pulled like someone grabbed her and pulled her th through like this matrix. And they, she was, they found her later, looking for her frantically in the dark, and they found her. I don't want to scare you from this, but um, they she felt like she was uploaded with a whole bunch of information, and she was able to see in the dark and get back. That's his story. Wow! And everything. So this similar story, you know. It's hearing. happened throughout my life, like oh, so it's more than once. <clears throat> oh yeah, the downloads. Uh -huh. That's how. I, that's how I understand I've been, it. I've been with her when, when it's happened. happened. Really? Yeah. yeah. What's it? What's what she do? I mean, just kind of like. Before COVID hit, I said something was coming, and I, I felt something. Um. Yeah. I was like it wasn't good. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. It's not good. I mean, like, like a physical reaction. It's it's mostly just like stillness. It's stillness. It's a little bit manic because and then, yeah, and then I want real, to give. I, I almost want to. <laughs> I almost want to tell him everything that I'm receiving, but I know that I can't do that because I'm receiving it. If I'm going to receive it, I just have to sit with it and let it. It's kind of like channeling. 
Mm -hmm. And I used, you know, a lot of times I will put this into my music. That's good. My mom, my mom has often said, you know, you should try to make music that people can understand. <laughs> well, I, I got to put it somewhere. <laughs> it, it's, hey, the influence of Motown still there, mom. Right. <laughs> you know? I still listen to it. I love it. I just, so, I so. write a little different. Probably comes across a little esoteric. Oh, well, I, I mean, come on. I understand it. That's what's important, and other people might too. You never know. Hey, but know. it's good. I like your music. It's cool, man. Thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for listening to that. That's not easy to talk about. Why is that? Why is that for you? Words. Words? Words. words. Because it's not words. This moment and what I experience, what I'm experiencing with the collective, what what creation is experiencing through me, like everything. It so, can be challenging so for me. Do you guys get this information? I mean, do you get the information through meditation? Or is meditation helping us? When you got, do you meditate together? Two questions. I meditate. Yes, we meditate sometimes together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this information. So, what are the benefits for you for doing it? I mean, obviously, there's other benefits that people know, but I mean, what what how's it help you mostly? The meditation. Yes. I enjoy it because it creates the it creates space. It um, creates a lot of open space for me to move. I don't feel like I feel often that it's hard to breathe like in this body so that when I'm able to go into self, the more you are with yourself there's space to see and to understand and to receive and to give, to process things. And it, for me, it just makes life a little bit more smoother to live. Yeah. When I was, when I was younger, um, I, I had this right, right when I was getting into, to Eastern, you know, thought and Buddhism and all this stuff. And I was really trying to like, push it somewhere um i had this like reiki experience when i was practicing transcendental and then um i don't know all this crazy wild stuff happened and i, I guess during that time i was into meditation for these experiences and i i had a lot of them like totally sober no no influence no nothing just leaving my body going places one time I like physically traveled from um from the from the south side of Chicago to Gary, Indiana, like like experiencing the traveling on the path. And then I got hit by like I was there, like doing it, floating above that traveling path, and then I like got hit by a train and like all this crazy stuff. So I had all these experiences and these out of bodies and stuff and, and I had a lot of lucid dreaming. And it got really intense and extreme, 
And, like, I kind of got to a place where I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm getting from this. Like, these are really extreme experiences. They're cool. You know, it's like a thing I've done and, and can activate. But since then and nowadays, meditation is primarily for, like, relaxation and calming and centering yeah. i don't really get into that stuff much anymore and meditation is like breathing i mean you could be present you could be in the self you're here now if you could tap into that at any at any given time yes this is this is true and even at, at the moment just the breath you know and mm-hmm. like with dreams do you guys you ever had dreams of flying Here's a question. Yeah. I've been th- yes. That thing I was just describing, I, I literally. Was it a dream, like, you think? or It was a lucid dream. Yeah, a lucid I was, dream. I, I got you. My body went, I went to sleep, uh-huh. only I was meditating, and then I left my body and experienced every step of it physically, from, from leaving my bed to leaving my room to leaving my house to getting on the road to getting on the freeway to getting you know, crossing state lines to going, and I was going to a friend's house that was, that was, I was in the south side of Chicago, and I was going to this friend's house on, in Gary, near Gary, Indiana, and, and I took the actual route, like, as if I were, there. how I would get there. Like as you're if driving, right, but you're flying. Yeah. You knew, you knew how to get there. Yeah, and I was just floating above it, and then I crossed these train tracks, and then everything kind of just went wham, like, and I didn't, like, get hit by a train in a physical sense, but, like, when I, then I shot back in my body and sat up, and I was like, oh, sh- I just got hit by a train, like, because I was crossing the train tracks, and it, it stopped with a bang, so that's, that's what I felt happened. I didn't, like, you know, there was no, like, impact or anything, but. Kind of like the Matrix, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, he could, like I, he I physically could feel it happen. on one end, but the other end, he's not physically there. It's just right. Interesting. Yeah. You, you think? And, do you have these off? Do you ever had them? I mean, after you had that one, do you have you had other ones that were similar? Anything like that? During that period, I was I was doing that a lot. Oh, I really? Was intentionally, I was intentionally doing it, and I got really, really good at practicing specifically doing it quickly and like i could leave my body within like 15 minutes like on command but it just started getting real weird and like i didn't i didn't really know what i was gaining well she was practicing transcendental transcendental um transcendental meditation can't talk um i feel like that isn't that more guided? You have to be guided because you could get stuck. Well, was, yeah, it was just started. It just started feeling feeling eerie and like, why am I doing this? What what does this do for me in any yeah. capacity? This this your consciousness is telling you. You know, the ego, ego, the consciousness probably telling you, like, wait, you can't do this. You know, That's yeah. True. yeah. I've had dreams like where I like running and then i can jump like superman i've done that there was a while i could do it on command i haven't i haven't really like kept kept that up but there was a while where like anytime a dream got away i didn't feel comfortable with i could just leave it like Mm -hmm. just choose choose to fly away from it 
That's so, what happens. So, like, you think dreams are connected to this, um, our consciousness, obviously, but the dreams that are that we dream and when we meditate, we can go in the str- I've done the dream state too, where I meditate and it's like very hardcore, vivid. Um, it, dream state. And then you come out like I come out refreshed more. Do you how do you yeah. feel afterwards? I've actually intentionally have meditated and gone into sleep knowing that I would receive the information that I was asking for. And it, those are the most intense, wow, just satisfying dreams. And that, that I've learned a lot in those dreams about who I am and creative, like creatively I've been able to to use that for myself and bring that, you know, to, to fruition and share that with the world. You think people that are <clears throat> struggling with their lives, if the meditation would help them, I mean, if they, you know, like if they open their mind up a little bit, you think, you know, someone that's struggling with depression or whatever, you know, do you think meditation can help them out of that? It's possible. I think so. Definitely. But I also think, I think that there's many, there's like levels to it. Like, you know, I don't know. There's like a thing you do too, where you're actively engaging in the meditation. And then there's also like closing your eyes and breathing too. Like, and I think, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's almost like some Jedi force type thing. Like there's a way where you're doing it in action only. And then there's a way where you're doing it whole, wholly in, in spirit and action and, and person and self and everything. Like, I think it's a really sacred place. I think for it's different for everyone. I think that well, internally, I mean, you know, where you go. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at is like, that's, that's the true sense. And in that sense, yes, that is, it can be helpful to anyone, but a lot of people aren't really like don't have the tools to like acknowledge that that full full comprehension of that, and they're just closing their eyes and breathing. And uh, you that know, could be good for them, as which well, is too. which is probably calming, but right. I don't think it's the same right. thing. No, it's a little different. You know what I mean? So the like the VA I was telling you about the VA teaching me meditation. What they you know people are like you were talking about in particular were like that what you're describing in the group. You know because they're 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 there for they don't want some of them are there by not like I have no other place to go. This is my last chance to try to get <laughs> recover from my own head. And then they teach you how to count in breathing. Like one, you know, that's what they were teaching and teaching the veterans how to do hold your breath one and then let it out five, six, seven, eight. You know, they were so like you're focusing on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You're focusing on that and then your mind goes off. You're focusing on the numbers and the breathing, the numbers and, you know what I mean, like a mantra. So they were teaching the veterans this, which is interesting from what I've learned from other people. You know, I've learned several different methods, but it's interesting. It's like more like you're concentrating on these one thing. You can almost use anything at that point. Like if you're 
something a good pure thought something that makes you happy then you focus on that and then you use the breathing technique you ever use anything like that what i described yeah i do yeah. like that's the attention principle i mean there's lots of techniques <laughs> you can do again i find it sacred i think one almost has to uh, find that themselves. I think it's different for everyone. But and, yes, I do use different techniques like that. And I think too, like the distinction I was trying to make earlier was not that that any one way is wrong or right. Right. It's exactly. That, that some people don't move into it fully, or don't access it fully. They may not want to. Or something. There's a there's a barrier, or they're not. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's maybe, just like the doors of perception. <laughs> maybe we're just born a little bit more in tune with our self. But I think anyone can, too. Sure. And something works for everyone. Like, yeah, it's just probably a different method. Maybe that method's yeah. not working for them. You know what I mean? Like you said, there's no wrong way of doing it. You know, it's kind of like the prayer, people that go pray, there's no wrong way of praying. Right. You know, it's just anything, I'm trying to center myself on spirituality, I'm, you know, the bottom line. So, like, right. people, like, like whoever, like, God, maybe they're just closed to everything, and they just, like, you want, those are the people you want to try to help, it seems like, in a way. like I want Exactly. To and, like, when, I, when I'm saying this, like, I'm envisioning, like, some really high-strung people I know who like could benefit from it greatly, but I feel pretty, you know, not, not again, it's not as negative, but like, I feel sort of confident that like the first couple goes, they'd be closing their eyes and breathing and they may not be getting the full, the full thing there. You know what I mean? So they may need a little more discipline in, in that and in, in, in the teachings. You know, I, mean, maybe. I think also it has to do with like, their own high strung nature. Yeah, within they're themselves not. they're yeah. Yeah. So it, it, because of the, whatever in my head is blocking it and I don't accept it. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, exactly. I'm, I'm blocking it off. I'm narrow minded. I can't I can't accept it. This is crazy. Right off the mm -hmm. bat you're putting a big roadblock. There's no one, you know <laughs> how can you open that up? It has to be them. It's like it's like someone has a chronic chronic drug user you can't lead them to like rehab they have to want to right you know isn't it kind of like in the same vein you know what i mean they, i they, absolutely do and so, i see that and i say that too you know now thinking back on it prior to when i really got into all these experiences and these things started working in a this way for me prior to that I, I was clo just closing my eyes and breathing. Like, I, yeah. you know, I was just like, but it, what I'm saying, like, it didn't work for me. And then something happened where I figured out the right sort of path in, and then, then it just always worked. I think people can be afraid, too, because have you ever just, like, looked in the mirror in, at your eyes for a long time? That's kind of, <laughs> no, that's kind of what um, meditation reminds me of. It takes a lot of work to keep your attention and the intention of it. If you can do that, you will go far and you will see things and you will hear things. 
you will learn a great deal about about yourself and your inner yeah inner people sound don't frequency. have self-worth you know people that don't have self-worth are afraid to look in the mirror because they don't like what they see maybe that's probably probably the block you know sure. everybody's beautiful in their own way i think i do too and and i think i try to find the beauty of people yeah and there's, there's elements of like manifestation that manifestation themes that go with that too yeah you know those same people might have a difficult time like knowing everything's going to be okay or that positive outcomes exist or things like that you know yeah. Mm. Hey, we got to take a break real quick. Hold on. <laughs> Formula for a time machine. F frequency equals one over T time. Bing frequency over time.
back on aliens from the giant rod podcast we're going to talk more about aliens (laughs) aliens are (laughs) no i like i haven't have you guys seen any aliens at all and on your sightings (laughs) i i haven't i haven't i dream about them but i never seen any have you just the dreams just dreams and i don't even think i've seen it i just know it's a communication and of uh, consciousness just energy i mean yeah in in like you know in a in a in a i don't know i don't want to say i guess normal state of being uh no i haven't seen like a physical embodiment of a thing but mm-hmm. i you know i've had a lot of experiences with like you know different like dmt especially where you know, yeah, like definitely interacted with some things. Yeah, but th- if you think about it, it opens up the gateway of the mind. You know, any yeah. kind of psychedelic I mean, thing. Think about and shaman. They're, they're and there. Stuff. Like, they're definitely there. It's not like, you know, it's not like, oh, there's some strange dragon in the corner of the room. It's like, no, I'm, I'm like, you know, communicating telepathically with this thing that's there. And it's it's like some giant, you know, I don't know, like jackal, <laughs> like, like an Egyptian jackal. Really, type look thing. like that. Was it half oh, yeah, human? I've seen, I've, I've seen like snake-like things and like sort of yeah, like dog. They, they look like Anubis, is what they look like. Like they don't all look like that. The, I mean, I'm like I've seen ones that do, yeah, and they're In usually. Your mind. No, like... But it came from your mind. Yeah. Yeah. But it could, you know, the psychedelics could have opened up that portion of the mind. I mean, I believe that. And, like, there's there's something there that's being communicated that I know for certain doesn't come from me. Like, that's, that's outside of me, communicating it, with me. But if we're connected to it, it's still a part of you. That's true. Yeah. So it's never really not. But you. like I'm okay. Well, then I have multiple me's inside of me communicating with each other. Well, it's kind of just like here right now. We're multiple me's because I'm able to talk to you, and I'm it's able to bounce off, and I'm able to receive that to receive me by me talking to you. Right, but it's the same thing. Well, no, it's not in that context. That. In that context, you're you're kind of proving my point that like you're outside of me in this context. So whatever I'm. Communicating with we might us. be just saying the same thing, yeah. but which we are. Inter- I mean, interdimensional beings, we can still yeah, think yeah, that. I believe I mean, that. They come into right. our dreams, why not? Yeah, I believe that. I mean, I, there's enough evidence in other circumstances for for me to make a basis and say, like, I, I believe that that's the case, that I'm communicating with something outside of my own self. Have you ever been fearful? Have you ever been... Um, or Jeff, have you ever been afraid? I, I've been afraid, but I like it's my own fear. Like like when I in a giant rock, I went to the Ategatron, the first moon of the year, and I right. saw I saw the object, and I hit the green laser, and it flew real close, like super close, fifty yards, and I got scared and jumped in my car and drove off, and then halfway there, like why in the fuck am I driving off? I'm not scared. I went like I went back, like come back, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That and then, right. like, just I think it's just basic human instinct fear, you know what I mean? And once you overcome that, 
you know, I'm just speaking from a, like a soldier, like a soldier sees death, you know, eventually mm -hmm. you become numb to that, you know, yeah. like anything. And that's not a thing to become numb to, you know right. what I mean? But it, it, you, adaptation, humans adapt to anything. And yeah. And, and like to circle back, like with, with my own experience, it's not so much fear. It's not like, Oh my God. It's like, this overpowering oppressive sort of force being exerted on me. Like it's like a weight and like there's nothing to do. There's no reaction to have. It's just a force being exerted on me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of unwelcome, but you know, that it's being presented to you no matter what you have, you don't have a choice, I guess. Exactly. I mean, it, it, that happens all the time with you yeah. know with people. That energy. I mean, you could tell someone that has bad energy. Look at last night. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's some bad energy there, man. But that you yeah. get people like that. How many people you run like like in the orange blob, like Trump? I mean, you run into yeah. people like them. There's always one in every crowd, and it's like God can't. And you always like. Why can't this person see it my way? And they're the same way. Why can't they see it my way? You know what I mean? Right. Isn't that interesting? It is. And and it's hard to, you want to always be empathetic, but like, you know, I don't know. I get, and then, then there's, then there's civility, right? You Try. want to be civil. Try. But like earlier today, like, you know, we we were communicating with someone about last night's incident and maintaining civi civility and, and saying and trying to keep it on like a factual basis. And they, they brought it to a level of of attacking and and accusations. And, oh, you're you're just ignorant of, you know, he's not he's not signaling them. He's not doing this. It's like he he is doing that like. And I, I don't feel that that's my opinion. I feel that that's kind of what what we all witnessed. That's what you happened. Know? It's the truth. Like, and and you know, then then the other side is like, oh, that's just your opinion. You just want it to be that way. You want it's like I don't I don't want it to be that way. I'd rather it weren't that way. <laughs> like you know, I wish the guy was civil. I mean, why can't he just talk normal? I mean, if you, you know, like if it was one on one, but when he, he, when someone is narcissist like him, and then I'm no wrong, you know, mm -hmm. there's no dealing with people like that. It's like that's a toxic person, but he's, he's the leader mm -hmm. of the free world, the toxic person that everybody right. wants to avoid. And, you know, so like, there's get into that, cue on, you know, taking, taking the spirituality and trying to siphon it. You know, with oh, certain, yeah, right. you know, and the, I, yeah. there's like I with talking to David and Daniel James, Daniel James uh, from Australia. We we're talking about Q on David Wilcox, Corey Good, people propagating, you know, the, the negative side of our spirituality of meditation of CE5 UFOs using these things as tools of divisive of division. I think it's always been that way. Yeah, but even more so, like, it's like, like the, the people are attached to the certain thing to a certain, you know, like, to a certain, you know, I'm not trying to bring up people like that you don't want to talk about, but this, this conversations happened before. So like, they, like with Q on, especially, 
<clears throat> so like with the people that are propagating that using our meditation methods and trying to propagate people into their side of their belief of, of, of the negativity. You know what I mean? Well, and I think it starts with, with the Venn, the Venn diagram circle in a square sort of thing where, you know, in, in communities, the people fit in the Venn diagram where, where there's a shared space. And then they, you know, then they feel strongly about, because with QAnon, there's a level of indoctrination and there's, there's all this, this lingo and it's a club and they want to, they want to, um, uh, what, enlist, enlist as many people in the club as possible to make the club, you know, more, more, um, influential and patriotic will, and just have more, create more influence for the club and, and create a, a wider reach and that. And that's, those are all key things written into the fabric of this club. Now, on the other side, there is a club, but it's a much more inclusive and, and supportive and, like, neutral sort of thing. There's no vying for influence. There's no real agenda other than, like, I want to be okay. And and because of the the Venn diagram crossover, like, you know, one side tries to pull the other over to it, and that's what we're seeing happening right now. And like, it's getting weird. It's just like it's like kind of like a radicalization. Yeah. In a situation, you know, and um, what people are propagating is more propaganda, if anything. But it's just like. It's like like the the tribalism of everything. You know, we're talking about unity, everybody getting together. We're talking about you know, let's save the planet, save ourselves, save the universe. We're and the universe will connect to the universe. That's what we're talking about. And they're t they're talking about destruction and death. You know what I mean? We're talking about life, love, and liberty. Whatever you want to call it, love. I call it love. You know what I mean? And versus hate. That's what it, it's like. Those are the two factions are always at odds. One has to have the other, I guess. You know how the fabric of the universe works. That's it's just a matter of opinion and perception too, I guess. But um, I don't know. But I mean, in a way, I don't know. There's the the the, the action counteraction, but also there's not like it doesn't have to be a counteraction to like inclusivity and support and care. Like, how do those things create a a backlash? I think it's I think it's more. I mean, there are there's like I don't know there's like clicky exclusive elements that create alienation, and alienation does create you know a, a responsive force that's real, but like. Then again, you could argue that the person being alienated could be toxic in the first place and not even aware of themselves. So, yeah, because they may not, you know, without without the presentation of these ideologies or ideas, per, per, you know, like it's at my the tip of my cell phone. You know, like it's on my hand all the time. 
You know what I mean? Your yeah. cell phone, all that information, all that connectiveness that I want. Like that's how we are talking right now. You know, the connectiveness, be it good or bad, that's what I guess social media, the you know, the goods and the bads of everything. You know, I just think I think people will sort it out eventually, but right now, what we're going through, right at this minute, we're the nowism that we're going through, this is not good what they're doing. You know? And yeah. and it's like divisive very divisive absolutely and it's it's i mean yeah we're always trying like there's always an element of tribalism you know but of course it it also like i feel like a, a healthy community tends to be inclusive and like generally but also there's you know there's different things that yeah, you gotta have other opinions put in because then it just becomes dull. Everybody just agreeing with everybody, you know, and then you're just locked into that little bubble, you know. Like I, I reach out to my conservative friends like you do, you know. You're trying to reach out, and then you got backlashed, you know. Some of them, some of them keep me around because you know I've been, you know, in the broadcasting of the people, some of the people I talk to on Facebook, they're all conservative radio jocks. There's no rush, even. I like Mark Driscoll. I talked to him. He's like Mr. Voice. He's been on MTV. He knows Rush Limbaugh is a personal friend. We talk all the time about UFOs, but we avoid the political talk. He respects me for that, at least that. He comes, he even mentioned, so he posted stuff on my Facebook today, like with the, the wire on, on Biden. He had the wire. <laughs> you know, but I still, like, I, I can call him up right now, you know what I mean, without you know, oh, you're voting for Biden. You know what I mean? But it's like we, it's like I, you're voting for the orange blob. You know, so that's where that's where I mean we're we're civil with each other. There's people that just take it overboard. You know what I mean? Completely. Well, I, think, I think a key a key element that you just, I think you just hit it on the hit the nail on the head and identified in hearing you and identified it for me, is that you know you guys have have a, a sense of community and friendship based on outside factors from politics that you can tap back into like for example i did too today you did i did do well and also, i think we still can be well friends. and i was the one that you know i was the one that being definitive so yeah but you could be person, mad at your friends it's okay well right? and that the person well the yeah, person today I'm mad at my friend. the person today she has a background with you know and they're actually like friends in that sense i'm not I came into the picture because they were they wanted to challenge to a debate. He wanted to challenge me to a debate. Wanted, I didn't feel comfortable. He and I said, wanted well, my someone boyfriend, to challenge him. My boyfriend. Was so I did. And we have two recordings. And uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a, a condescending or, or or anything, but like, you know, it basically just turned into me giving a history lesson on how you know government works and like you know u.s history in how it's systemic racism and all these different things that led to now globalism globalism, what globalism actually is versus what the propaganda wants these people to think it is how the person they you know how they think trump is somehow fighting globalism while in fact actually participating heavily in it you know blows my mind but that's all propaganda, and the the basis of what I'm trying to get at is that I did not have a, a ground base 
with this person where once he started lashing out, I had something to value. I did not value it. I don't need to be lashed out upon. Like, go Especially away, someone you, know? you barely know, you know, just through social <laughs> right. media ties. You know what I mean? Yeah, I told him. I told him he'll make a great Nazi. Peace. <laughs> but you know, like he has to live with his own hate. See, then we're talking about spirituality, and then we're trying like, hey, peace and love. It's kind of almost like peace and love. And I, I believe in peace and love. I believe in peace and love. You know what I mean? And I, I, you know, like, but then I, then the soldier in me. <laughs> Like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, I swore upon the Constitution to protect it, too, buddy. You know? Yeah, and I t- appreciate it. Um, which, yeah, which which by definition, that's, you know, that's patriotism in, in, a, in a definitive way. True patriotism. Versus, versus this Internet movement, you know, you, re, re-contextualizing the term to mean I watch hundreds of hours of YouTube videos a week. That were created by whoever. They were created by people like me on a propaganda com- campaign to further, to further insular, to make our worldview further more insular. Right. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah, it's look negative, at Rush Limbaugh and Alex dark. Jones. Jeez. I mean, yeah. Alex Jones alone, you know, and then, and then we were talking about fractal, you know, like proud boys, what they do, you know, I mean, and he wouldn't even denounce them. He had like standby and they took that as a signal. They went on telegram that minute, you know, I, I, I took a couple screenshots before they kicked me out, but, um, like, yeah, they're on encrypted chat planning on going back to Portland and cracking some more heads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and that's exactly Thanks. it. I mean, like he, he paused, he thought about what he was going to say and he gave a direction. That's what just happened. And I mean, it's it's literally it's historically parallel to, you know, Hitler's private army and and the, the civilian forces and the brown shirts, and it's all the same. Like, you know, these these dictators come to power because they're able to tap crazy people who believe everything they say into, you know, either actual violence or the threat of violence on people who aren't willing to do anything about it. And the next thing you know, you have just experienced a coup. Well, there, there, what's going on in Portland, you know, like there were, there were snipers on, on Antifa protesters that, that the Portland police allow proud boys get up on top of the Capitol. I mean, uh, the federal building, you know, in other parts of the building, they allow that to happen and they got caught. You know, this is whenever there's something happening, people are just defending themselves. That's all that's going on there. There's grandmothers, there's pregnant women there yeah. protesting. I don't know if you saw any of that. The, one of the largest we, women's we march. Watched, we, watched, yeah. we watched a lot of it live. So like, you know what I'm talking about. Right. There's friends yeah. of mine out there. They're protecting their own town. That's all they're doing. Again, how would you like someone carpet bagging in, in your town with weapons? I just look at, you know what ISIS did? ISIS went down highways in Baghdad and shot people on the freeways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm worried about that. Seriously. I'm worried about that. They, I mean, they're going to go at the polls. He's not going to accept the election. You know that. He already said so. Yeah. He knows he's and lost. He lost. He's gone. But well, then, I mean, getting him out is the it, other thing. You have to look at dictators through history 
and we really do have the perfect storm right here. This is how they did it. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not hyperbolic. This is how they did it yeah. right now. This, Everyone's vulnerable. Nobody's you know. There's a lot of people out of work. COVID. Like we are at such a vulnerable time. Yeah, and we're locked out of every other country because of COVID. Because of him, we cannot travel. If we wanted to escape right now with a passport, we couldn't. God. Yeah. So we're you know um, like yeah you go to Mexico we're welcome there. That's the motherland for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, then then there's yeah there's a lot of minerals and oil fields. I'm sure Trump Trump wants to tap into there. And then, you know like and talking about 2018 election when he was saying all these caravans were coming up. Where are they? No one talked about that. Well, no one. There was. There wasn't well, any. No, well, there were. There were, but they weren't anywhere near the threat. And and the thing that's being left out of the message is that they were coming from countries who we've destabilized on purpose to gain access to their resources, and then everything went to shit. Their economies collapsed, and they, you know, became places that were not stable and when that happens is is the rule of power is what rules and it gets real weird for everyone so they were trying to escape that and that's pretty uh reasonable honestly yeah i'm gonna reel back on a story of mine here with when i was a kid in phoenix arizona and the teacher richard nixon was running with georgia mcgovern and everybody, this is Phoenix conservative. Everybody, like everybody that wants George McGovern, stand over here. Every and then I was one of three people, and everybody was else for Nixon. That was the first time I felt isolated in politics. Rebel, you're the rebel. <laughs> the age of fourteen, like, and I had like my like light brights, and I put McGovern seventy two in my window. <laughs> like, fuck you all. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I feel you. You know, it's just like my wife is really upset. She's very patriotic. Her dad's a war hero. Three tours. I mean, in two tours in Vietnam, Korean War, was in Iwo Jima. He knew Ira Hayes. Oh, man. All the people that fought for our country. You know, I wanted to talk about this on the podcast. I know it's spiritual, but this, this is a part of it. This is an important, pivotal moment in our country. Indeed. Yeah. It is a part of it. And and we've somehow, you know, like somehow the bad the good guys became the bad guys. Like you know, anti-fascist movements were a core element of US thought, you know, belief systems. Yeah. 50, 60, what? 70 years ago. 70, right? 70 42. Years ago. Beaches yeah. of Normandy. Yeah. And now somehow they've been warped into this villain that doesn't even exist. There is no group. There is no organization. It's just people. People they, trying know, to protect themselves. It's just, yeah, it's just people who don't like Nazis. <laughs> like, nothing wrong uh, with that. Jeez. Right. There is nothing wrong with that. There's not a thing wrong with that. And and for you to not like the people that don't like Nazis, that yeah. kind of means you're a Nazi. How do we get unity? Where do we start? 
I mean, where we're at right now. Well, we're we're working on this thing. Oh. Should we should we shout it out? Shout it out. Yep, Project One Voice. We're working on this thing with this with a great group of people um, who are all kind of similar. Not probably not gonna yell about Antifa and stuff like that, but but they are. Um, you know, similar in that we're we're in a real weird place, and disinformation is kind of just really screwing things up. So there's this group that is formed called Project One Voice, and the mission is to to kind of set things straight and fight disinformation with with clear, coherent messages and and facts, and in hopes of showing like. You know these these belief systems are are kind of nonsense, and, and and it touches on too what a big part of it is is the spiritual community and how they are adopting these messages, um, and that's trying to we, trying to combat we, that. That's how we got involved with it. Yeah, we were inspired by, not inspired. We feel upset that a lot of our friends and family who speak of love and energy and are part of the wellness community, they've just fallen victim to QAnon. And it's dark. It's, you know, is there some truth to it? Sure. I'm sure there's some truth. There's some truth to a lot of everything. But, you know, Trump does not promote peace. He keeps us divided. And, you know, if we continue on this path... I don't know. We got <clears throat> the beginning of the year. I asked a lot, a lot of people in the podcast, what do you think 2021 is going to be like? Some people think it's going to be great. Maybe I, I am still optimistic. I think we're going to pull through it. I just have that feeling. I think there's going to be some hard, hardship coming up. But that's my own personal feeling. What do you think next year? I mean, last night, as, as weird as it was and how, how much I really kind of wanted, I mean, first off, like, I'm not particularly satisfied that I'm left with the choice of Biden. But given that that's where we're at, you know, I'll accept, I'll accept it. Um, it totally puts us right back in the lesser of two evils situation, which isn't good either. Uh, but you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it over over this. And uh, being having said all that, you know, last night at first I was I was like, why isn't he why isn't he doing something? Why isn't why is he just sitting here and letting this goon ramble over and over? But by the end of it, like, you know, I was kind of like, well, he's right, you know, and and he just he just full on just called us call him a clown like to his face like like on national television and it and it it went over okay like okay i i can i can do this yeah chris <laughs> you know? wallace asking him you know like with portland and these other cities instead of what's going on you know in kentucky and virginia with you know white nationalists just point out the problems of, of that he kept giving trump a pass you know, I felt they that had, way too. They should have had a kill switch on the microphone for Trump because they knew how he blabbers on. You know, and then Biden was just trying to be civil. But how much can you take someone talking over you? You know, interrupting you comes constantly like a five year old. 
I have I have grandchildren that have more civility than Trump. <laughs> I believe it. You know, and that says a lot. You know, like and then it is like I have to look at my conservative friends like he, you know, like fuck off. You know, I feel like telling them that, but I don't. I s- smile with a shit grin on my face. <laughs> okay. The whole world saw it, and now we get to process it, and hopefully, it's gonna change. You know, some views out there. Yeah, I'm still working on myself, you know, like everybody else. But I'm ha- I have a ways to go and everything. It's just, it's just like I'm it's just like I, my activism like kicks in. Like fuck this, I don't want to take it. You know, I wish every, you know everybody just I don't know. It's like it's because a mixed bag, you know. Because we care. Yeah. And we love. We don't want to see people hurt. I don't understand why it's so difficult to to want to help people, you know, I often say this, just looking at a child, I have a child, mm. why do we have war, why, why do we live on this planet this way, it's so simple, it's, it's so much easier to love and give and create peace, it doesn't have to be this way. At least for the future, we should, whoops, we, we should try to fix that, well. What was that? Is that you? Yeah, it was me. My computer. Usually, I don't. That never happens. Damn it. (laughs) Anyways, I can edit that out. But you know, I, I, I just hope for the best for humanity. I, I want us to pull through all this, especially United States. Everybody looks up to us, and then the pre repercussions of this. Do they really, they, though? They might have in the past. No, I'm talking about, yeah, and that's what I was about to say in the future now. They're, you know, like, we tarnished our reputation with one, within four years. Even if we get, you know, like, you're talking about the lesser of two evils. Yeah, I agree. I wanted Bernie or, or Elizabeth Warren if it wasn't for him. One of those two. That's where my progressive politics are. You know, so, like, you know, I took Biden because that's the only choice we have. Or Trump. Jeez. Not much. Are you there? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm here for you. <laughs> My phone. <laughs> Never know, like, messenger. But, you know, like, is this, like, I just see the lesser of two evils, you know, playing out, you know, like, and we need to have, we need to, you know, not have that anymore. We need to get rid of Citizens United, get money out of politics, small donations mm-hmm. of 5 $10. You know, where television, you know, they have to play both, aver- you know, advertisement of Trump and them, where they get millions of dollars for advertisement. That's why they need money. That should be provided as a public service announcement through the broadcasters right. instead of making millions off it. A lot of radio stations, like small radio stations, depend on political advertisement to keep afloat. I understand that, but what needs to happen is that those could be diverted to the donations to somehow to the donation to this to the broadcasters and to where it trickles down to them somehow. They could do it. There's no need well, paying off people. Well, and, and and I mean what that kind of alludes to is that like you know capitalism in in like a big picture sense, capitalism really doesn't afford us the arts or anything like that or any sort of entertainment or media like. We we force our entertainment industries to scrounge. I mean, aside from like the top five percent, but like the fact that like radio in and of itself isn't sustainable without you know severe influx of marketing budgets. 
that's because people listen, you know, now like broadcasters, like, you know, like they're dying off the tree being in their properties are worth squelch because of the internet and internet radio. Like iHeart was like, was clear channel and became iHeart. And then iHeart took all their properties that were worth a hundred, almost like a trillion dollars and made it into an app. And then they wonder why they went bankrupt. Right. Yeah, they went, they filed chapter 13 and then they're like, their, their properties, all these radio stations are not even like some are worth like 250 million. Now they're worth like 10 million, not 250 anymore. So that's a big, huge loss. And the internet's more free. You don't have to, you know, the censorship versus like if they gave us the signals and then TV stations, like we're able to say fuck shit and asshole, you know, and it's, it's, it's a big deal because they can, they have to curb all the music that's out there you know what i mean they have to read cut the music and censor it it's a big deal you know and, and it's like i i know it's like vulgar but it that's people want to hear that you know that from being in the music industry i mean when you have where you can't say i can't play certain things because the censors you know what i mean i can't say this i can't do that the fcc's on your ass with the over the airwaves the airwaves are free you know what i mean the way i look at it you shouldn't have to have yeah. a license to broadcast well it's all in 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 a sense it's all it's all hypocritical it's you know you have to you have to pay into it get licenses do all these different things bring on advertising budgets in order to play ball our way and play what we want you to so you're really you're really just becoming another mouthpiece for the the big picture in a sense because you it's, can't say what you want. They got right. you on a curb and they got you tell you what you to play and say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's on it. So when we're talking, then we're talking on a massive level that trickles down to the internet, no matter what t- television and broadcasting still king. Cause everything that we get that like, t- like last night is off TV broadcasters curbing it. Imagine if they mm-hmm. were really able to say what they wanted to say without the curb. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of that way too. And then maybe we wouldn't have these candidates. Think about when Bernie was shut up by CNN in 2016. They wouldn't even play anything he had on where he was at or anything. It was all either Hillary or Trump. They made the sponsor. The media made Trump. Oh, yeah. Bert, the Democrats really messed up there big time. It, I mean, look where we are. They're, yeah, they're, that and that's the lesser of two evils. You know, what I mean, why, you know, like then we're trying to do a third party. You can't do that because then that's taken away the vote from this guy. That's always a critical moment. Now it's a real critical moment, and we're we're still playing ball like that. No, after yeah. this is over, after we get this guy in, if it does happen, then we got to clean clean everything up. We got to have we got to have the progressive agenda. Have to have to. You know, in order to save the planet, save humanity. I and mean, this is talking about unity. We're still talking about unity here. Because without saving the planet where we can breathe and live on, well, there's no unity. No, we can't live on the planet. Absolutely. Where are we going to go if we can't live here? You know what I mean? So yeah. No one's thinking about that. Like, like when I was like on Baba Here Love, when I was talking on podcasts last week, and also with uh, with Mario last night, we were talking about life after death. So I'm going to bring that up, life after death. You know, like people don't talk about what happens after death. What is your take on it? Life after death? Yes. 
I feel I return back to source if my soul is evolved. And maybe I just got that, you know, I believe I've read enough books and have done enough internal work for that to be the case. Um, but where do we go? I, I don't know. I mean, I think everything is, is just sort of cyclical. Like, and... I think we live on. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's, there's, there's all kinds of personal philosophies and belief systems, but ultimately, they're all very similar. And, you know, your, your, I don't know, your brain, your brain is made of what? Silicon and carbon, which gives you the ability to exist in a conscious capacity. I don't that, think I'll return to Earth. That, you know, that, that comes from minerals and elements that are absorbed and then fused together a certain way. And, I mean, you could say the soul, you know, the soul exists as a separate entity, but it could also be your consciousness. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different... You think our bodies are avatars and our souls are, you know, be able to transfer one one uh, entity, another organic body or whatever? You think that's kind possible? of. I mean, we're basically just like meat robots. Meat robot. Like, That's a great <laughs> name. Meat robot. That's a new one. The meat suit is the other one I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Your vessel. And, I like, and that. like it's, yeah, that's it's another the one consciousness. Too. It's the consciousness that allows you to like make decisions and and do things, take actions, and like. But the consciousness is derived from. Well, I mean, in a scientific way, it's derived from the computer that's that's built in the womb, in the mother's womb. She builds a computer in your in your skull, and like these things all do these things. But it existed when she was born too. Right. Well, and then there's there's some sort of spark or fuse that starts the whole thing going. I mean, there's definitely some some level of of magic or spirituality there. Absolutely, but. I don't in, think there is a start or an end. Just, well, and there's that too. Just, I mean, my answer to that question is that there is no real answer, and everyone can be right and everyone can be wrong. It doesn't. Whatever makes you happy and gives you conviction is fine at the end of the day. You think we make up our own reality by that? I think so. I know that I will not return to this earth. Why? Why do you, you don't want to? You don't want to come back? I'm not going to. Where are you going to go? What's, what's your choice? Do you know yet? The sun. The sun. And the sun is the fusion center of, of this, this series of atoms. But there's other fusion centers. There's lots of suns. And there, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, there's a infinite nature of it all. What do you what do you think makes our solar system unique from other solar systems? Not just based on humans living on the third rock. I mean, I don't. I would. I kind of don't believe it is. It is even that unique, and I I believe that there's probably plenty of life out there, and yes. it's just different than how we perceive life. Like there could be. I mean, for all we know, there's sentient gas on Venus. Who knows? 
there there could be life on venus they've proven that there could be that but the you know even if the surface is 500 degrees fahrenheit i mean who knows what could live in the atmosphere alone well and what is and what is consciousness like yeah. a jellyfish doesn't have a brain but it makes it it makes like biological decisions in order to survive and that's part of consciousness yeah so survive do you think survival is part of consciousness let's get a little deeper yeah what do you think yeah i mean that's i think that is it i think survival and the the will to sustain and and keep continuing some sort of cyclical there are levels of consciousness so programming i don't know so here's a question like we get together as a group in a c5 with eli like you know we did at palo verdes and when we had that group you'd think those connect collective consciousness draws into the mass of consciousness above us yes yes of course and you notice like every time you know these we do these sessions they come out and, and once the once they come out like last like i don't know it was like a month ago i think you guys were there and like like you i was before oh you weren't there well they were coming out like one, at, two weeks ago oh okay i went there was a month ago i was out there i didn't go last last time okay we were there then we met you oh okay yeah okay all right I'm trying to well, remember. I don't know if we met, but you were in the circle. Okay, we yeah. remember you being there. Yes. Okay, but like I was looking towards the west and everything with the sunset, and I was watching these two birds, like watching the sunset together. <laughs> anything, anyways, I'm you know trying to connect, you know, the surroundings, and then I like up there watching an object. <laughs> there was objects coming out before we even started. You know what I mean? Wow. I think our energy just alone. You know what I mean? They appear just like without, like they appear without me doing anything. You know what I mean? Once they show up. Yeah, we're going to go hang out with you some more. <laughs> cool. Hey, <laughs> Giant Rock will be good, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, you got to give us the info on that. We're we're ready. Yeah, I got, I got it all down. We're going to meet Eli at um, Joshua Tree Coffee Shop and everything. Maybe we could meet there and just caravan from there and then barbara harris is gonna caravan us to the to the rock we meet at the integratron we could do that too it's all paved all the way there until you reach the integratron then it's dirt road for three miles to the rock and then crystal hills near the rock which is made of pure quartz crystal i'm so excited you know what i get out of it the most is just the energy that i feel with with everyone uh, it's just a beautiful experience. I don't even care if I see or don't see anything. It's, I know it's going to be complete black <clears throat> driving there because of because it's like there's no lights. That's the best part, you know. Like there's Joshua Tree, which is near Yucca Valley. This is north of it, okay. fifteen miles north of Joshua Tree. But yeah, the, where we've been going here in LA, it's it's still it's it's too bright. It's not too dark. I just don't understand why I get the stuff in my backyard like I do. It's just like I, it's just like oh, like I like once it start coming. My my godson Blake Boyer, he's he's a guru, and um, mm -hmm. he told me once they start coming, they don't stop. 
<laughs> and he was right. I thought he was joking, but no, he's right. You don't you don't know why they why they appear to you. N not necessarily. I mean, I'm I'm communicating with something else outside of that. It's weird. You know what I mean? I'm, they're not telling me they're part of that. I think what I'm seeing is what <clears throat> I have a lot of birds. I think they're part mm -hmm. of the hummingbirds, believe it or not. Sounds mm -hmm. crazy, but I, they're, the hummingbirds come right up to me. Eli gets that same thing, but he's not getting the visuals. Like, I could feed the hummingbirds right on my hand almost. Mm. And everything. And then, and then I started, like, I asked for, I asked them consciously for the sparrows to show up. And the sparrows showed up. Now I said I, a sparrow once. That was pretty amazing. Sparrows oh. are <clears throat> sparrows are underestimated. They're like they're such beautiful things. They're so beautiful cre creatures. Then we get s scrubs and then squirrels. They all come up to the porch and then had a squirrel like I feed them peanuts, and then mm -hmm. the, like the scrubs got all the, the blue jays are scrubs or blue jays got all the all the peanuts and then the squirrels were left out and he came up to the door and like put his hand on his paw on his heart and hold his hand out like the and like oh like it melts my that's heart that's so cute that's I, so cute like couldn't say no to that it was like no. disney it was like a disney cartoon man i'm just like i kill oh, man melt my heart you know what i mean so disney there's i think it's connected to them I think this what I'm getting is because they like like I said sometimes they come out right out of the ground and they're coming from the sky but when it, it's like I think they come with the beacon of the tones too because I mm. play the tones and they they once I play the tones they show up right away. Oh, could you send me the link to that to the tones? Yeah, I'll send you that. I mean, I've okay. been experimenting. You guys do audio work, so I've been experimenting yeah. with different things. And this is like copyright free stuff that I've been. I'll send you a link. Freesounds.org, I'm pretty sure it's called. But. Okay. Yeah. It's been been great having you guys on and everything. Thank you. Thank you so much for having yeah. us, Jeb. It's so much fun. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, I know it's free form here, but I just want to keep it loose. You know, without yeah. the. You got to stop and do this and say this and, you know what I mean? Fuck that. So, anyways, like, yeah, mm -hmm. if you can. We, well, I want to play your music and everything. And if you could tell our audience about, you know, how to find you on your websites and everything, if you could tell us that now. Yeah, so you can find um, me, She Exists, at sheexists.love. Also, tigerside.com. You could find a lot of our links um, at those websites. You could also find us on Spotify. And Tigerside is spelled... T-I-G-E-R-C-I-D-E, Tigerside. Awesome. I, and I'll post it on the, on, the, on the website, and also it'll be on all the streaming sites on the description. I have Great, links for that, too. Much. What about thank you, you, Elliot? Do you have any links and stuff you want to tell us? Um, nothing too crazy. I mean... Your Instagram. Yeah, I mean, if you look up Party Punks, it's uh, party underscore punks. I think if you Google Elliot Next, some stuff comes up. But honestly, I haven't been, I've been kind of behind the scenes for the last while, so I don't really have anything current to show. Okay. Well, we'll post your Facebook link and Instagram then. 
Hey, great thing having you. I mean, I did it. This is the loosest way I've done it. This whole podcast. Usually, I'm like this way. I got to say this, and all like I said. But I really appreciate you coming on, and it was great hearing your stories and everything. And I hope to hear from you soon. Absolutely, most definitely. Let's hang out soon. Yeah, we will. I mean, we're going to Giant Rock and everything. All right. Giant Rock Podcast, everybody. See you next time, next minute, next second. Bye. Hold on, guys. Do you believe in flying saucers? Do you believe in air, even though you don't see it? It's as obvious as heaven or hell. 